There has to be a point in time where you say, but geez, perfection, I want to be perfect. Well, there's really no way to be perfect or even know if you're perfect until you download an episode and put it on Buzzsprout and publish it and put it out there and listen to it through the radio. You have to, you have to get started. Welcome to Podcasting in Real Life, the Buzzcast show where we dive into the real-life stories of podcasters in the middle of their podcasting journey. I am your host, Travis Albritton, the head of content over at Buzzsprout, and you won't hear anyone famous on these podcast episodes. Instead, you'll hear everyday podcasters, just like you, share personal stories about how podcasting has impacted them and the things that they've learned along the way. And in today's conversation, I get to sit down with one of the hosts of the Major League Eventing podcast, Rob Bowersox. And what's really cool about what Rob does with his podcast is he actually does it with his wife, Karen. And so we talk about what that dynamic uh, looks like between the two of them, how they uh, have a good give and take, how they complement each other, and also make sure that the podcast is something that they enjoy doing together instead of becoming a source of friction. And the other thing that I really appreciate about Rob's perspective is that it's very clear he has a learner's mindset that whenever he uh, sees something he doesn't know how to do, he commits himself to figuring it out, to, to doing the research, to doing YouTube, Google, whatever it takes for him to acquire the skills that he needs to reach his end goal. And I think that's such a, a crucial aspect of podcasting that uh, is something that I think all of us need to imitate. And like many podcasters, the reason that Rob and Karen started their podcast is that they couldn't find the podcast that they wanted to hear. So they figured, why don't we make it? In our sport, there's a few, um, there's a few other podcasts out there and they're really good. And, um, it's it's a it's a niche market what we're in so it's it's kind of a smaller um it's it's a smaller niche it's a smaller sport it is an olympic sport but it's on the smaller side so there's a handful of um equestrian podcasts out there and a handful in our exact industry and but um and i listen to them and i love them one of them is like um like a pregame and a postgame where they analyze the game and who's gonna who they think can win and 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 a lot of analytics which isn't me. I'm not analytical, but I like listening to it. And then there's another one that I'm a real big fan of that comes out and they interview basically the winners of the last weekend's show. And they, they do it in a way that they're, they're peers, they're other writers. Um, and what we want to do, their interviews are kind of shorter, kind of tighter, and they're asking questions of peer to peer. And we're fans of our sport. And we've always found ourselves saying, boy, we really wish we just knew more about these people. So just like you're asking my origin, we asked these people had their origin. Where do they come from? How do they come up in the sport? And, um, so really that's, that's, we, um, we thought no one else is doing it. And what better way to get these stories out? I'm, I'm not a reader. I'm not a writer, but I love podcasts and no one else was doing it. And, um, I just thought this was, this was the time and this is, um, what, what, what we thought we would like to hear. And so far the, um, the response has been pretty good. 
And so has starting a podcast about equestrian, about eventing and covering these events and talking to these athletes, has it deepened your appreciation for eventing or how has it affected your relationship with something you were previously passionate about before you started your podcast? But, you know, how has that evolved or how has that grown since you've started? Well, you know, what's really cool is we, we're, um, we're, we're obviously getting to know a lot more people. It's kind of cool when you're a fan of somebody and then you can hit them up in a DM and say, Hey, I want to interview. It's a lot different than just being a fan and saying, Oh, you know, like how does a fan reach out to someone that they like watching that they're a fan of? Uh, so it's been kind of cool to be able to meet people that we're interested in that we always wanted to learn more about. One thing about our sport and, and probably any professional sport is, you know, when it's game day, that athlete is, they're in the zone. They're in the, in the thick of the competition. They don't have, not that they don't want to meet and greet fans, but they really don't have time. And, and, and we're also talking about not just an athlete that can hang around when they're done. They have a horse they have to take care of. And normally they're driving hours and hours to get where they're going and competing. So, uh, it's given us a chance to get to know these, these, these riders and trainers and these athletes who look like superhumans. I mean, the, the sport, if anyone ever follows it is, it's an extreme sport. Um, it's, it's, um, it's high speed. It's, 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 um, it's graceful. It's, it's like a triathlon for horses. And I can get into that later if you wish. But, um, so, so these athletes who seem like they're superhuman, what you really find out is they are just like you and me. And another thing is with the equestrian sports, a lot of people believe that if they're, equestrian they're they're really really wealthy and the truth is while some are and and i guess very fewer um you know lower income when they're starting but really the truth is middle class is the average for these athletes that we're um interviewing we're finding out that they're middle class they have middle class upbringings um and and really, it was hard work is what got them there, and that's what we're so excited about is that we're learning about. Hey, you know, that's it's not just for, um, it's not just for the elite, even though it it, it appears so. And some equestrian sports are, but ours not so much. And and we want to, so for us, it's fun. It's fun to to be able to talk to these people that we kind of look up to and that we think they're superhuman. And then as we're interviewing them, we start to find out that they're normal people and they have struggles and we've um we, we we've we've had a lot of really in our in our in our short time podcast we've had a lot of really good insightful interviews and you never know what what that interview what twist and turn that interview is going to take and sometimes you sit down and you say boy i don't know where this this interview is going to go and next thing you know, you're you know you're you're tearing up of, of, of a heartwarming story, or you're laughing uncontrollably about something. So it's just fun to see these people that we see all dressed up on the weekends and on TV, um, and just talking to them, being able to ring them up, and then then be appreciative of of us interviewing them. So that's I hope I answered that right. I guess I got off. No, you did. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's so cool. I remember the first time that I interviewed someone that before i kind of thought of as this pseudo celebrity um and they're only like wide widely known in like the circle of the podcast that i was doing um but but when they responded and said oh yeah i would love to do a podcast interview it was this super surreal moment like i'm about to talk to this guy that (laughs) if i didn't have a podcast 
there would be no reason for me to reach out to him. And yeah. now I get to now I get to talk to him for like forty five minutes about his life and about what he's <laughs> learned and and you know, it's just so cool the opportunities, the doors that podcasting opens up that wouldn't have been there before. And when Absolutely. you and when you pair that with, you know, that you're talking about something you're passionate about, it's like the ultimate dream. It'd be sure. like a basketball player interviewing, you know, Kobe Bryant and LeBron James. It's like the equivalent <laughs> of that for whatever whatever your podcast happens to be about. Have do you have like a like a dream list of interviewers, uh, like people you want to interview, and have you been able to kind of knock any of those off so far? Yeah, we have a list up. Early on my wife made a, a nice list and um we we're we're trying to diversify um by by areas of the country people live in by male and female it's it's one of the few sports in the world that men and women compete on equal footing and so does the horse so the rider and the horse of any gender everyone competes as one so there there are no gender specific things so we try to um, make sure that we're mixing up men and females at, at the at, at the top levels. There's equestrian period on the English side. What we do, it's mostly females, but at the top level, it becomes about fifty fifty, um, roughly of men and females. So we try to mix that up. There are so many between up and coming riders that are 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 making a splash on the scene and legends of the sport. And then you're 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 top class now. I mean, we haven't even we haven't even scratched the surface. Uh, someone asked me once, "Hey, are you worried you're ever going to run out of people to interview doing a weekly podcast?" And I said, "Absolutely not," because there there's there's so many out there that we're fans of. So um, yeah, we have a list, and we're 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 probably about three quarters of the way through that initial list, but now the list is changing. And now we're actually starting to make communication and in contact with people who weren't even on the list. Cause we thought they were completely unattainable. And now it's like, we're, 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 um, you know, sharing a podcast. And, you know, the one thing about any sport, but in this equestrian sports is it's, it's like a family tree. So you have people that came up and they learned how to ride a horse from somebody. And that coach was a, a big time coach. And then, so you have these family tree, these trees of, of people that were coached and trained. And what happens is we get someone on the show and they talk about their trainer. And then that gives us this little seed to go and talk to that person and 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 it, what, what we find with our show is that there's almost like a connected dots with our shows if someone really pays close attention they can almost see us you know talk to somebody hear a name and then three weeks later that person's on the podcast so uh, um you know so that that initial list is kind of blown out of the water we still have some people on there um but it, the list is just growing and growing and it's it's uh it's so much fun it's really a lot of fun now, towards the beginning of our conversation, you mentioned that you do this podcast with your wife. Absolutely. What has that been like, and and how has that, uh, I guess, for better or worse, affected your relationship? Because <laughs> it's not like you, it's not like you're just co-host. You're co-hosts, and you know, live life together. So, what's that yeah. like? Yeah. Well, she, um, when I started. Our, our business or when, when the idea came to me, I'm kind of like the, the, the lead dog in this thing. And, uh, I knew I couldn't do it without her support. And, um, but I always said to her, 
it's like a Gary V quote. I don't know if you know Gary Vaynerchuk, but Gary V says, listen, you, you know, if you go in business, you can't have expectations of other people. So I knew this was my, my passion. This is something I wanted to do. And then when we decided to go podcasting, I listen to podcasts. My wife doesn't even listen to podcasts and she's actually very quiet and very shy. And, um, so she, um, I told her, Hey, let's, I want to do a podcast. I think this is the way to go. And again, I'm Gary V guy and, and Gary, you know, in his talk, he's like, he, he's a champion of podcasting. And I was like, you know what? Yes, I love podcasting. And I had this idea. And what am I going to do? Go, even if I told someone, um, my idea, it'll never be how I envision it. So I knew the only way to do it was for me to lead the way. And, um, so I asked my wife about, about doing it with me, uh, for a couple of reasons. One is she's, she's the person who got me into the sport. So she really, she knows more of the movers and the shakers in the sport than I do. Um, she keeps up on a lot more of, of, of just the current events than I do. And, um, and the fact that I'm just a, a big middle-aged man, I just didn't know how my voice alone would, <laughs> would, would resonate with fans, but it works out great. She's, um, she helps with most of the research. And then we, um, we talk together about questions and we kind of have a basic format of questions that we have. And I'm generally an inquisitive person. I genuinely like to get to know people and, um, questions just come in my head. I'm just natural that way. And she's a little less of that type. So in a way it's good because, you know, we have a, a written down show list and, we go through it. And before the show, we, we divvy up who's going to ask what questions. And, um, she has some very specific jobs. She does our intro and our outro. And she does a, like a little lightning round that we have. That's a, she picks the questions and basically the, the questions that we ask in the body of our interview. Um, most of the time, 95% of the time I'm doing the follow-up questions and they're just off the top of your head. What was the answer? given to us. And then it's just what comes natural to me. And, uh, for the most part, everything's, we get along really good. I did get kind of a little side eye. The other last interview we did, (laughs) I did get a little, (laughs) I thought I was going to be in trouble with my, my wife because I kind of stepped on her toes a little bit with something, but, um, she's, she's a very, my wife is wonderful. I love her. And she's, uh, she knows me so well and she knows that I didn't do anything intentional, but, um, yeah, so it just, it just works out good. She's, she's awesome. And she has a great voice. I love her voice and I don't know, it's my wife. Hey, what can I say? So I love hearing her voice and I hate my voice. So I thought it would kind of balance that out and, and she would kind of balance out my rambling. And, um, so it works out pretty good. And like I say, she, she has, um, you know, she's really good. She'll write up the, the questions and type them and then print out two copies. And then we talk about it a few minutes before the show, who's going to ask what, and, and it works out really good. So, so far, so good. I don't, <clears throat> the key has been, I don't, I, I've always, you know, because I kind of always been like the lead person in this whole project for us overall, I didn't want it to be, I'm the boss and she works for me. And that was key. And, and every once in a while we have to talk about that again. But if, if I want her to do just what she wants, no more, no less, this is kind of, you know, just because it's in my heart to work from the minute I get home from my day job until 10 o'clock at night, whether editing and, and doing all these other things I do, 
you know, she has her things that she wants to do and, and, um, I don't ask anymore. So I don't get upset if I'm editing and she's not editing at that time. That's, it's what I chose to do. Um, if she ever decides she wants to edit, she can edit. The truth is she probably knows that I'll be nitpicking her editing anyway. So <laughs> so might as well just let me do it, but things are great. We keep expectations. I don't, I don't, I don't expect her to do anything more than what she wants to do. And I think that that's been the key so far to, to, to keeping us married and, and getting along. She's totally on board with interviewing people. She loves meeting the new people. She's great at getting that little obscure tidbit of, um, 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 history on that person that helps get us into, into this, you know, a topic that we might not have otherwise talked about. So, uh, it works out good. And I'm a terrible, um, I'm not, a, I'm not an administrative person, so it's great when she can be so organized before our shows and all that. So, so far, so good. That's, I'm glad to hear that. I'm glad <laughs> to hear that podcasting has not become a, a, you know, a sore spot in your marriage. No, um, not at all. Because, because like, I imagine it could be very easy to, to kind of start to have either changed expectations or, you know, unhealthy expectations or, you know, somebody gets, feels a certain way about it and, you just got to keep doing it for the sake of the audience. You know, they're counting on us. So even though this is driving a wedge in our relationship, we're going to keep <laughs> putting putting our uh, axe to the grindstone. But yeah. so I think well, that's I think that's really smart how you how you've kind of have that mindset. Yeah. Well, what we try to do also is we you know, we but we keep a calendar. We make sure we keep a calendar. So if whether it's my wife asking a guest to come on or myself asking a guest, we both we both reach out. And sometimes depending on the person, sometimes it just happens. Um, we don't set dates without checking with the other person either. So when we find out that we have a guest that's interested in doing the show, you know, you know, we all have hair appointments or we all have to work late one night or we all have a, a, a whatever, whatever that is. Um, or we have a, a, a you know, a, a, an engagement, a family engagement. So we make sure too, that we don't step on each other's toes by making a commitment that without checking with the other one first. So that's, and that's just a marriage thing in general, like, uh, trying not to, you know, being respectful of the other person's time and everything. So, but there are times, I mean, there are times that, you know, I mean, I'm not going to say that it's perfect, perfect, but it's for the most part, I'm, I'm, I don't know, maybe you should ask my wife, <laughs> but I think things are going great. They're swimming. <laughs> Everything's going swimmingly. <laughs> awesome. No, I'm, I'm glad to hear that. I'm glad to hear that. So when you first were starting your podcast, what was that like for you? You decided, all right, I'm going to be, I'm going to start a podcast. I'm going to get into this. And, you know, I'm, I'm guessing you basically were at square one. You went from zero knowledge to where you're at now. What was that process like of just consuming everything in a fire hose and, and trying to stay above water without kind of losing the the excitement and the motivation that you had when you first came up with the idea? How did you kind of pull from both ends of that? Yeah, well, for me, um, I'm trying to do a lot. I have a lot of stuff going on. And uh, before we started podcast and we started putting together some videos and I didn't know anything about video editing. And, you know, thankfully nowadays with YouTube and all this stuff, you know, you, there's so much information out there. So I told myself how to video edit and, um, they were turning out pretty good, you know, not, not, not bad for a guy who never went to school. So I knew I kind of had a brain that I could figure things out and I knew that there was plenty of stuff. So when I, but you're right, I knew nothing about podcasts and at all, except I listened to a lot. I listened to a lot of radio. I work, I work on the road. So, um, 
you know, I listened to a ton of sports radio before I got into podcasts and I listened to local sports radio. That was all that was on my channel, my, my radio. So I've kind of listened to talk shows a lot and I kind of, kind of get it, the gist. But as far as the production side goes, um, I just went to, to, I, I really went to YouTube is it okay with you? I talk about some of the resources I used for that. Yeah, no, absolutely. Go for it. Super. So, um, a couple things that got me going, there was, a, a Tim Ferriss. He has a podcast and a lot of his podcasts are, are YouTube also. He, mm-hmm. um, he did a little video on YouTube about what's in his podcasting kit. And it was really good. He brought up bits and pieces and, and he talked about it. And I was like, okay, I'm getting this, you know, as so I'm starting to, to, to learn. And then I found a really good video, um, by his name is Adam Ragusi. And I guess he's a podcaster. I don't know him, but he did a great, like three minute video on how to, the, the, the mechanic, the hardware side of podcasting. He's got 54,000 views on this video. And basically he breaks out the cable and he shows you the cable and he says, and this is a quarter inch mono by eighth inch mono. And this is how you can tell it's mono because there's one little black ring on it. And he just breaks it down in three minutes to its simplest, simplest form. And for me, simple was key. So Boom. I'm like, okay, this looks like a simple way to, to, to a simple outfit. And, um, so now I kind of had my, my simple outfit and then I start Amazon and, and, you know, looking at best pricing and piecing this all together. And then I got to learn how to edit. And then that's where I just Googling around and you find, uh, you know, on Facebook, there's all types of, you know, like your, uh, you know, the, the Facebook group and you just start searching and people said, look, just use, audacity it's right there on your computer already i i run a um a pc and it's like okay and then of course that's like completely foreign to me now um it's it, it was nothing like video editing like i thought it would have been i thought it would have been a little bit, little bit more similar but it was a little different um i said and i had to learn that and just practice and fortunately with audacity you know right in the beginning it tells you here's a, a manual how to use this um, you know, if you have questions and then YouTube, again, you say, you type in on YouTube, how to splice two pieces of audio or how to make it louder or how to make it softer. And it's there and just started playing with it. And, um, so then that got to be the scary part was, Oh no, there's nothing left to do, but to record them, <laughs> you know, and actually start doing this. Uh, and then we, you know, and obviously I'm a cheerleader for Buzzsprout. Um, kind of like I, I said earlier, the simpler I could make this process, the better. And again, then I had to go to host and I, I looked, I'm a researcher. I put a lot of time into all this, all this. I, I didn't go at it, you know, uh, haphazardly. I really put the time into it because to put the, to, to do it haphazardly and fail was, or, or to do it haphazardly and just be absolutely terrible or a disaster, it, it just won't survive. And I needed it to survive. So I really did put the time in. But then I had to put in, okay, where's my host? Who am I going to host with? I, I wanted everything from A to Z. I wanted to know exactly what I'm doing with this podcast before we launched. And I looked at all the different brands and, and I really settled on Buzzsprout because of the simplicity. And I, and, I, and I wanted to make sure I conveyed that to you that I appreciate that. The fact that I can, I don't need a bunch of settings. I just need the fundamentals. My podcast is a simple 
interview show that I don't need, I don't even know, I don't even know the decibels and the bald rates. I don't know any of that. I am so basic. And that's what you guys provide for me. Now, I don't know if other podcasters need a ton of bells and whistles and settings and, and crazy stuff. I do not. And the fact that I could set up my podcast, I can, I can, I can download it and save the, the details right on your, on your, your site. Super simple. And get the distribution to the apples and the Spotify's and all that with just a little bit. Your step-by-step instructions are great for a person like me who I need it spoon fed. And, and that's what you guys do. But so then <clears throat> after I put all together, the hardware, the software, the, the website I was going to use, um, then it was time to start recording. And then that was the scary part was, okay, now I got to reach out to people and say, Hey, I'm doing a podcast when I don't have a podcast. <laughs> so that's when you call in a favor or two of some people that you, you think to yourself, okay, who might be the nicest, uh, two or three people that I know. And that'll say yes, even though they have no idea where this is going to go. And, and then kind of the rest is history. That's really cool. So what I love about your story and as you were sharing it is you, you have to have a learning mindset. You have to have a, a, the mindset that I am going to apply myself to learning the skills and the knowledge that I need to be successful. Um, because it, it is work. It does take effort. Oh yeah. To actually execute the, the vision, the dream, to make it happen. And but it's so rewarding at the end because you know that all that work and all that effort you put into it pays off. Especially when you start hearing back from your audience, when you start interacting with your listeners and you hear about how your podcast has positively affected them. Oh yeah. Do you have any like really cool stories of times we've heard from your listeners or gotten feedback from your listeners or even met anyone? that listens to your podcast and the kind of things that they tell you. Yeah, we have. It's it's um <laughs> it's really kind of funny because uh in the equestrian sports, I'm a I'm a I'm 6 foot tall, I'm robust in size, you could say. I'm a big fella. So at a horse show, I think I stand out. Um <laughs> so I'm easily recognizable. And there's been a few times now where we've had um people come up to us at shows we were in, you know, 12 hours away standing in line to get a, a, a bite at a, you know, a, a concession stand at a horse show. And, and, a and a mom says, Hey, you're Robin Karen. And I was like, yeah. And she's like, I love your podcast. And, you know, we love it. And, and, um, she had a similar sentiment to some phone calls and emails that I got where it was a parent and her child. So a lot of these equestrians are, are family members, everyone's family. And a lot of our questions, um, are, are, are about these professionals and like the, the parent and the child can, can listen together. Um, it, it's, it's not relying on an age. It's not a, an age demographic, but what's cool is, um, everyone's getting a little something out of it differently. And a lot of our, many times we ask the question about college for these young riders in our sport, kind of like gymnastics, um, kids get identified young as elite and in high school, it's not uncommon for some of these elite kids to homeschool or cyber school or just take all three, four months in the winter and go south and, and train and compete. And then that leads to, are they going to go into their career of horseback riding or are they going to go to college? Is this a, you know, and I'm a parent, We're, my, Karen and I are parents and not everybody can have that conversation brought up 
easily. Or if mom and dad say, Susie, you're going to college and that's the way you like it. You know, so these parents and kids listen to this and, and they've told us this was like a segue into opening up the dialogue. And then they're hearing a professional, someone that's like a hero to them or someone that they look up to. And that professional saying, yes, I went to college. I wouldn't have done it any other way. Or no, I didn't go to college and you don't need college. Uh, we, you know, we've had answers on both ends. You need college. You don't need college. I didn't go. I wish I did. I did go. And why did I waste my time? So, you know, that's pretty cool is that we're opening that up to, to people. And it's funny. I, um, literally an hour before this interview, I just got an, an, uh, uh, an email from, it's a second email this person sent and she's a professional. She just built a brand new barn in the Midwest. It's beautiful. We're, we're friends on Facebook now through this. And she just emailed me and said this last interview that we had, which I thought was a good interview, but it didn't particularly touch my heart. She's telling me she's crying listening to this interview because her struggle was so relatable to the guest that we interviewed. And she said, we're going to listen to this over and over again because it gave me the boost I needed. It lit the fire under my boots was her quote. It put a fire under my boots. <laughs> and, uh, you know, Travis, how does it get any better than that? You know, like, I mean, besides saving someone's life, you know, we're, this person was having a rough day and they listened to our podcast and it wasn't necessarily what Karen and I had to say, but it was our guest and letting that guest get their story out and, and asking these questions and bringing this person to sell, tell their story in their own words helped this person 2000 miles away. I mean, it's a, it's an incredible thing. So yes, we have, we've had a lot of positive feedback and I tell you, you know, uh, it doesn't matter if you're making money in this or not. If, if, if you're, if you're making people happy, <laughs> you know, with, at the end of the day, that's, what's putting a smile on my face, you know, and it's, and it's awesome and it's working. So the same reason that we started the podcast, that we wanted to get these stories out of people and get, get the fans, having a, a, a feeling like they have a relationship with this elite athlete it's working it's true like just the way we felt it's it's true so yes hopefully um i i think i think i think i think we're doing good <laughs> <laughs> no so so what i love about your story is that it's not unique so in doing these interviews and even just interacting with other uh buzzsprout users or other podcasters the thing that i hear more often than not, is that the impact isn't even directly tied to your subject matter, you know? So it's not like, oh, you have an equestrian-based podcast, so any impact you have is going to be limited to that topic or that theme or that conversation. But that having a conversation, interviewing these, you know, athletes, these writers, is opening doors for parents to have conversations with their kids about what their dreams and aspirations are yeah. as they grow up. And there are people saying, you know, this this conversation you had with an athlete in this sport impacted me personally. Like that's, it's crazy that that is normal. <laughs> because wow. in, in any other setting, that would be like the highlight of the year, right? Mm -hmm. But when you're in podcasting, it, it, it happens more frequently than you would imagine. If, awesome. if you haven't started yet. And so it is, 
it is cool. And I love hearing stories like that because it just reaffirms to me just how, what an opportunity uh, we have as podcasters, what an opportunity we have to impact people uh, positively just by sharing the things that we're passionate about. Well, and the fact that we have no one to answer to, and we can do it the way we want, the way we feel. We don't have the, the, the strings. We don't have to worry about some some rating, you know, and we, we can broadcast to a few hundred people that really, really love what we're doing and make an impact. And that would never get out on a, on a major radio station, or maybe it might be a Sunday morning and public access at four in the morning or something. And there's something about people telling their story in their own words. And, you know, there's plenty of magazines and plenty of magazine articles the, you know, of interviews and question and answer. And it, and it, to me, for one, when I read, I hear my own voice when I read, I don't hear your voice if you're being interviewed. <clears throat> and you know, when, 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 a when an interview is being conducted, they ask the question, they get the, they get the sentence or two, and then they, they that's the quote. And then after that, they kind of extrapolate and they kind of tell their little narrative. Well, this is a this what what the what the guest says is what is out there in their words in their in with their inflection with with their passion and that you just don't get that any other way. I mean, podcasting is I love it. I really do love it. And and the fact that it doesn't cost anything, people can listen to it. For us, people are um, a lot of people are cleaning horse stalls. So they throw the earbuds in and they just pass the time away. And I see, you know, an hour is gone. They're done all their chores and they listen to our show or they're driving to the horse show or they're what we call hacking their horse, which is just like going for like a walk, but it's a, it's more of an exercise walk, but we call it hacking, you know, weird horse lingo, <laughs> but you know, people throw the earbuds in and they just get in the zone and they go for this hour hack with their horse. So, um, I'm sorry that gets off track a little bit, but it, it, it's, uh, it's just awesome. I'm just, I love it. I love the process so far. And, and I love the fact that people are, are enjoying what we're doing. Well, and that's what always brings me back to it. You know, like if, if it was just me coming up with ideas and sitting in front of a computer and talking, and if it's not helping someone or having an impact, then eventually you just kind of get worn down by the work that's involved in keeping it up. And so it's those stories, the, the interactions you have with your listeners that just reaffirm that what you're doing is valuable and that you continue to do it and continue to persevere because now it's not just for your own sake that you're getting to hear these stories and share these stories. Some of our guests that we've had on have really told some, some deep stories. Some, some have been stories of where they didn't have the, the money to do the, the the story becomes out that they were from low means and they the hard work got them through and other people the stories they traveled the world or they do have wealthy parents but it was still hard work and and they had all these struggles and stuff we had on a guest who was recently um suspended from the sport for taking um like ADD medication and it was her and another couple of girls. And it was very public. And um, she was suspended from the sport. Well, you know, it's not like an NFL player that makes a couple million dollars a year. These are people who are scraping by as it is. And they have people who support them with, you know, training horses and all that stuff. So we've been actually ha- able to, like, 
give some of these writers of a, a platform to to speak out about their their struggle and their time and then in turn talk about what they learned from that and how they could help the the audience you know someone else who maybe maybe they're maybe they have ADD medication and they don't realize that they're out of compliance with with the 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 anti-doping rules and all this stuff and the fact that again this was someone we were this there's a few of these people all at once they got kind of um, suspended at once and this one girl in particular she is at the top top of the sport and she was she's beloved and what do you know it she was suspended for probably six months and no one even asked her to do an interview no one not a reporter no magazine and we called her and we said hey would you like to come on and Get your story out. And she, you know, she had the chance in her own words through podcasting to be able to tell her side of the story, um, explain it. You know, people could take it or leave it, but it, it, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't written about. It wasn't an article that had some sort of slant, you know, that, that someone had to, you know, a magazine's agenda or, or whatever. So there's so many good things that come from, from podcasting. There's so many different you know, it's not, it's not linear. It's not, this is the way it's going to go. You know, every episode has a different outcome and who's going to get what from it. And sometimes for the riders, it's therapy for them. We had a rider come on just a few weeks ago, top, top of the sport. And all of a sudden she's, she just, we had no idea. She came out about having anxiety and having to see a sports psychologist she was almost she was she was mentally she was almost out of the sport like she was having she could not continue if she had any any failure at all she was crippled crippling herself and again here was another opportunity for her to kind of get her story out and in her words and share it and then for people that were listening to, to understand it. And then what's interesting was <clears throat> there was another equestrian that they were going through a hard time. And before our podcast aired, I was able to reach out to this person. It was a previous guest and say, Hey, listen, you've got to listen to this, th- this other podcast, this person's seen a sports psychologist. I can get you the name. And she was like, please, like, I'm, I'm having trouble. So, you know, the, the, this podcast has, it's done more than just become an interview show. It's more than just, us interviewing people and then we you know we listen and we put the earbuds down i mean it's really become a a a place for our community i feel so sorry if i'm going off (laughs) on the tangent on you no that was fantastic that was fantastic uh as you look back at you know everything that you've learned all the things that have happened is there anything that you would change about your podcast or the things that you the decisions you made or anything in this journey that you would go back and fix if you could? I feel pretty good about what we're doing. And I, I, you know, I feel like, I feel like that answer is arrogant, but I think that if there was something that I wish I changed, I would have changed already. You know, the little things that I, the little things in editing that I do different, you know, I've done them. Um, you know, thanks to your, how to start a podcast, even though I was already podcasting, I listened to all that. And, I had heard of Alphonic, but I never really understood what it does. And then boom, you guys mentioned it. And like one of your last podcasts and, um, 
I'm an information junkie, if you can't quite tell. I, I love <laughs> absorption. I'm always, I'm still listening to stuff. You're teaching me even today with how we're setting up this podcast. Um, you know, so that's the only thing I really do different is I try to, um, I try to edit a little different. I use Alphonic now at the end because, um, it helps smooth everything out. What I found was I do a lot of laughing and, my wife does too. Everyone does. Like we, we try to have a good time. And when I laugh, all of a sudden I would have this spike. So I would find that even in myself, I'd be driving down the road and I would, I would laugh and I'd turn the radio down and then I'd have to turn it back up and <laughs> I had trouble smoothing out. Now Phonic does that great for me. Yeah. It's, you know, seamless. So the only other thing I wish I could do was have a better sound studio. Um, you know, we just kind of, we rolled this thing a little bit redneck style, you know, people, People share their pictures of their fancy studios and, and, uh, <laughs> uh, it's, uh, I'm just at the foot of my bed on a couple of, uh, uh, TV stands and I, I put some pillows up to just try to help uh, absorb some of the, uh, some of the sound waves bouncing off maybe the furniture and in, in my bedroom, but I wish I had a better studio. So I guess that would be the answer, but, and that'll come, you know, it's, uh, there's kind of a, a saying out there that says, um, the best way to succeed in business is to be in business. And this guy on YouTube did a, a, a story about, you know, being, uh, you know, you have to start, you have to get going. And there has to be a point in time where you say, but geez, perfection. I want to be perfect. Well, there's really no way to be perfect or even know if you're perfect until you download an episode and put it on Buzzsprout and publish it and put it out there and listen to it through the radio. You have to, you have to get started. And then, I gave this advice to someone on Facebook the other day. They said, Oh, I want to start and, you know, go on down the line. And I gave them a couple of little tips of what I would have. And I said, when you start off, nobody's even going to hear your podcast. And that's not supposed to scare someone away. That's the, that's the no pressure. The pressure's off. I can stink. I am going to learn on the job and, <laughs> you know, by the time you start getting good and people start listening, um, you know, and, and I say that, but I, mean, I think we were pretty okay from the get go and we ran some tests and stuff, but you know, the point is it takes a while to build an audience, get out there and do it. Don't say when I get my studio built, I'm going to start podcasting. It's interest. It's money in the bank. It's interest. You start today. And you put that episode out. My first episode still gets downloads every week. If I started, if today was episode one, I'd be at zero instead of what I'm at, you know, which it's nothing humongous. It's no Joe Rogan numbers, but hey, you know, it's a lot more than zero. So that's, uh, that's it. I think, I think I would have a studio, but I wouldn't let it hold me up. (laughs) <laughs> and and every day I'm listening, every day I'm learning, and I'm always trying a little bit something new in my in my editing, and uh, I think uh, I don't know, maybe Travis, you might have some pointers for me, and and my, <laughs> might get me going a little better, but uh, I don't know, I think I think I'm pretty good. Well, Rob, I just want to say thank you for taking the time to come on the podcast and share your experiences, your stories, and and just be real and be authentic about what the journey has been like for you that it hasn't been all roses. There's been a lot of work involved, but the, the payoff has been worth it. And I think that uh, is just a really great reminder for all of us that it does take work, it does take effort, but in the end, it is 100% worth all the effort you have to put into it. Now, I love to end my interviews on like a, a fun and quirky note. 
So you can take this question however you want to. But uh, if you had a time machine and you were able to go back to the day before you launched your podcast and you could give yourself one piece of advice, knowing all that you know now, what would you tell yourself? I think I'd be a little bit more... um a little bit more out and about about it. I was very, I was very, we, my wife and I were both very, um, you know, kind of lay it low, send it off to the family a little bit. Um, yeah. We did share it on social media, but we really didn't pump it up. And, and you know, I was embarrassed. I was embarrassed to, to think I had the, the, the audacity to think that someone wanted to listen to my voice, you know, and we actually went out of the way on our very introductory episode to say, this podcast isn't about Robin Karen. This is about the guest. And, and it's true. It still holds true today that we're not the stars of the show, but it was almost like we didn't want people to say, Oh, who do these guys think they are? You know, they see us at these horse shows and, and, uh, you know, and then all of a sudden we're, we're going to think we're, we have something to say. Um, so yeah, I think we would probably, I think I would have hit the ground running a little bit harder actually. So I think that would be what I would change. Would just go out there and be a little more proud of myself for 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 putting this together. If you love equestrian sports and going behind the scenes with elite athletes, then make sure to go and check out the Major League Eventing podcast available wherever you listen to podcasts. Now, do you wish that you could be featured on a future episode of Podcasting in Real Life? Well, you can. All you have to do is click on the link in the show notes of this episode and submit your application. And if today's episode inspired you or resonated with you or if you learned something new, uh, we'd love to hear about it. All you have to do is leave a review in Apple Podcasts to let us know what you thought and to also help us reach more podcasters just like you. That's it for today. Thanks for listening. And as always, keep podcasting.